Amen. How's the church family? Nice to be here. First Sunday back for me, uh, and it's really, really lucky to be back. I get quite excited um, when I know that I'm going to preach for the first time in a year. And Dweez, nice to have you here and the rest of the worship team. Thanks so much, guys. Really, really appreciate what you're doing. Um, I was sitting here worshiping uh, with about 10 other people, and I missed all of you doing this live. But we will eventually get back. In the meantime, please continue to do this. Please carry on being safe and being cautious. But please also carry on not being full of fear and believing lies and propaganda. Let's treat this for what it is. It's a medical emergency. And uh, let's love our neighbors and do this well and serve everybody we can serve. So it feels like such a long time ago. Well, it actually is. My first and only parachute jump. It was a gift from Colleen for my 40th birthday. And it was absolutely amazing. I absolutely loved it. If my life had been a bit different and the circumstances that I was in had been a bit different, maybe parachuting was something I would have done often. Now, I don't know about you, if some people don't want to do it, others do. There's only two ways you can do your first parachute jump. Um, there's only two ways. The one is a static line jump, which is when you kind of, the, the airplane opens the parachute for you, or the other one is a tandem jump, where you jump strapped to an instructor. There's a really good reason for that. Um, it's a thing called sensory overload. Uh, it's one of those things that when you've got too many things going on, going through your senses, you can pass out. Uh, if you watch some videos online, it just put sensory overload into YouTube and watch, or watch people just fainting because they're so scared. And obviously you can't do that when you're parachuting. Uh, and I loved it. I loved every part of it. I also loved the preparation. So I did, I did a static line jump. And so you have to go there the day before and you spend the day before you jump, basically for most of the day, training. Because they really want you to have the foundational stuff right. By the time you jump out of that airplane, they want you to have the basics down. Basically so that you don't die. Well, um, we had quite a big class. I suppose there were about 15 of us. And there was this one individual, she'd won a competition at a gym, and the competition was she got to have two parachute jumps. And she, as I watched her, <laughs> I became increasingly convinced that she was going to die. Because, because she, so, so there's a couple of things I have to teach you, a lot of things, but one of them is spinning, which is what happens when, when the lines get in a tangle like that, it's not good, and you have to do certain things so that you don't spin and your lines get untangled. Then there's spiraling, which you kind of fly flat and around it so that you can go down over a particular spot, and then there's, there's turning, which just guides you around, and, and I could see she didn't understand the difference. It ended badly because she didn't get the foundations right. As a transformational community, as a group of people 
who are passionately following Jesus into this world. As a, a church family, we believe that we need to get the foundations right. And we have to be reminded again and again what those are. And the beginning of the year is such a great time just to remind ourselves, no matter what the year ahead is going to look like, to remind ourselves what the foundations are. And so we've been spending some time in, in John chapter 1, verse 1 through 18. Let me read it to you, and, and maybe you want to close your eyes and listen or follow on the screen, but just go with these words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The one and only son who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. There is only one foundation. There is only one foundation on which we build. John, the John who wrote this gospel, would have been writing to, to people who probably would respond to their foundations if you asked them, some would say, no, Moses and the law. Other people would, would talk about a foundation of the state, the, the Roman Empire. Others would talk about their, their Greek philosophical foundation, all sorts of ideas into which they would want to bring Jesus. And John wants to make it very, very clear that Jesus isn't something that comes on top of anything else but that Jesus himself is the foundation. It is why we, as, as a church, begin our mission statement by saying, because of Jesus the Christ, we journey together. 
It is why we believe in transformation, because a relationship with Jesus transforms individuals, it transforms a church community, and it transforms the world. And so, so the foundation for us, just like it is for John in this passage, is Jesus. And John wants to make it very clear that Jesus is the beginning. Not just a beginning, not just there at the beginning of this, our world and of creation, but, but at the beginning of the beginning. Jesus, because he is God, has always been there. And he will always be there. Jesus can't be just a beginning. He has to be the beginning. That's, John makes it so clear, and Richard unpacked it so well for us two Sundays ago. Because Jesus, who is the beginning, is also, as Richard taught us, the Word. In other words, everything that God says, everything that God pronounces, whether it's through the writings in the Bible or through nature or through, our, or through the Holy Spirit or through our consciences or through society, wherever God speaks to us, the origin of that speaking is Jesus himself, the Word, the Word that creates the word that sustains, the word that transforms, the word that directs and guides and leads every single one of us. And then as Jacques pointed out to us last week, Jesus is also the light. One of my favorite things that Jacques said, and he said a bunch of really great stuff last week, if you haven't looked, go back on YouTube, it's there, you can look. One of, one of the great things he said about light is that light is pure. It doesn't get adulterated by things. Light can pass through the worst things, and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't destroy the light. We still see by that light. We still are warmed, we are still given energy, the picture of light is, is, is actually worth studying in more depth, not just in the context of, one, of John 1. Jesus is the light of the world by which we see everything that is. But here's a question. If, if Jesus is the foundation, where do you and I fit in? Is this passage just about Jesus? Or is it about a lot more than that? Well, you've read it and you can see that it's a lot more. Everything is built on this foundation. Jesus, who is the word, the beginning, the light. But, but what's beautiful about this foundation is that Jesus invites us, God invites us, not just to build on this foundation, but also to be part of this foundation. And so this passage, which is actually a poem that John writes to kind of introduce this idea of who Jesus is, doesn't just talk about Jesus, it also talks about this person. Well, let's read 
John 1 verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. So, so we've seen who Jesus is. He's, he's the beginning, he's the light, and he's the word. So who is John the Baptist? Well, I mean, historically we know who he is. He, 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 was, he was Jesus' cousin. Um, he was just a little bit older than Jesus, and uh, he was this prophet, and if you know stuff about the Bible, you'll know that he was famous for um, eating locusts and wild honey, um, which probably pleases Dewey's no end, um, our worship leader, but uh, he was known for wearing uncomfortable clothes and for living out in the desert. But he was more than that. In fact, Jesus says some absolutely incredible things about this guy, John the Baptist. Because remember that even though John the Baptist had this profound impact in the world, he also was put in prison and he was executed. So who was he? In John chapter 11, we hear what Jesus has to say about this man, John the Baptist. As Jesus' disciples were leaving, Jesus began to teach the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes. I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence and violent people are, have been raiding it. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who was to come. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. So at a human level, John was this prophet. John was a preacher. John was a weird guy that lived in the desert. And Jesus says this about him. He's the greatest person ever born of woman. So often we confuse greatness with wealth and earthly power and, and massive influence and and lots of followers on whichever your current favorite social media platform is, if you're still allowed to be on it. We just try to, to make it about that. And Jesus said, you know, you, you, you did. You, go, you went out into a desert. You went to see a guy who was, quite frankly, not much to look at. But he was the greatest person ever born of woman. He came to announce the beginning, the word, the light. That's what he came to do. 
He was, in fact, Elijah, who was one of the most famous prophets in the Old Testament, the one who who came to say that God is coming back to change the world. Don't give up. Jesus says that's John the Baptist. But then he says something really remarkable. He says, but the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. Why does he say this? He says this because, you know, the story from John 1, 1 to 18 isn't just about Jesus and John the Baptist. It is also about you and me. Who are we? We've seen who Jesus is. We know who John the Baptist is. Who are we in the story? And is it fair for us to compare ourselves to John the Baptist? It is, because Jesus says we're allowed to do that. He looks at his disciples and he says, this is all John the Baptist was, but you, you, the least in the kingdom, can be a John the Baptist. So who are we? Well, we are sent passage that we read, there was a man sent from God, his name was John. Jesus said to his disciples, go into all the world. Jesus said to the church, go and wherever you go, make disciples, teaching them to obey everything. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. You see, we, like John, are also sent by God. As individuals and collectively as a church, we've been sent into this community. And to every community that we influence, to every factory we work in, every school we teach in, every home we go to, every place, every restaurant, not at the moment, but you know what I mean. We are sent there. But just like John, we are sent from God. It always saddens me when people don't believe in their importance. When people say things like, I'm just such and such. I'm just a laborer. I'm just a housewife. I'm just a dad. I'm just. There is no just. There was a man sent from God. His name was John. We, as God's children, are part of a community sent by God. One of the One of the the remarkable things about the early disciples was that um, they weren't special. Uh, In the eyes of the people around them, they often got locked up, they got thrown in jail, they weren't well educated, they didn't have high social status, but they changed the world. Why? Because they were clever with strategy, no? Because they were sent from God. 
just like John, was sent out into the wilderness to proclaim the coming of the way, the truth, and the life, the light, and the word, and the beginning. He was sent out to tell people about it, and you and I are sent from God to what? To witness. People often don't want to engage with God's stuff, especially with friends and people out there because it's complicated. There's weird verses in the Bible and we don't understand them and we don't know and we, 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 we can't make that argument and we're worried about that counter and that person's much cleverer than I am in a debate, so I'm just going to shut up. Here's what a witness does. A witness just says what they saw. Jesus tells you and I, as part of the foundation of him working in the world, that part of what we have to do is go out there and, ju and just say what we've seen. If you go back to some of the other writings, not of John the Baptist, but of this John who wrote this, this book, and if you look at 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, one of the things that, that just is so fills John so much is that he got to, to see Jesus and he got to walk with him, he got to put his arm around him, he got to, to touch him and have meals with him. Part, part of our journey as followers of Jesus is to be with Jesus. And, and we talk about it a lot in our, in our church. With Jesus around his word, meeting here online and worshiping together, uh, meeting in life groups, meeting in LTCs. It's not so that we can be with our friends, it's so that we can be with Jesus. And, 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 and being with friends is part of that. We'll talk about that next week. Why? So that we can go out and talk about him. So that we can get out there and talk about him. So that all might believe so that all can be saved. We've got to get the basics right, folks. If we're going to live in a world where, where Jesus truly does transform us and transforms our church family and transforms a community, we've got to get the foundations right. We've got to get the fact that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that Jesus is the light, and that Jesus is the word. But we've also got to get the fact that we fit in because we are people sent by God to be a witness so that people may be saved. So I jumped out of that airplane and it was amazing. Um, it was quite windy that day and I, um, I was the heaviest person on the, on the first plane going up so I had to jump first. Um, I guess I was a bit of a guinea pig, and it was unbelievable. You jump, it's a bit scary as you go out, and then the canopy opens, and, it, and, and, and you fly it. You, you, you control, and, you, and there's a guy on the ground with a big arrow, and he points, and, and then you steer it, and you land. And the only injury I got was as I landed, I kicked my foot on the ground and lost a toenail. But then two planes later, that lady jumped. And she, fortunately, she didn't get into a spiral because she would have definitely died.
because she didn't have the basics right, at one point she couldn't steer anymore because she'd pulled both sides of the canopy so far down and she, and she was too scared to let go. And so, so she flew off into the distance. The poor instructor was standing next to me while it was all happening and I don't think he was a, he was a Christian, but he was praying a lot. I'm glad to say she didn't die. She ended up a long way away in a, in a bunch of trees, but they rescued her. In a sense, that's what we are called to do. Because the truth is that people keep getting the basics wrong. People build their lives on a foundation that's not the foundation. And they end up in the bushes, in the trees. And their lives are in danger. And you and I, as followers of Jesus, have been sent by God on this foundational mission to go there and rescue them. And sometimes it means, well not sometimes, it always means having to teach people the foundations again and again. But it will start with Jesus because, because they will discover him. They will b discover the foundation. The way, the truth, the life. Because you and I tell them about it. And we may not be perfect witnesses. In fact, we may end up even having a really difficult life. Like John the Baptist did. Jesus, in fact, said it. But what it ends up doing is bringing life and hope and transformation and regeneration to people, to a church community, and to the world. Nothing can stop it. Not a pandemic, not politicians, nothing. Because God has said it, that I will not let this word of mine come back to me empty. Church family, we've got to get the foundation of Jesus right. But we've also got to get our foundation right. That foundation of that Jesus has called us and sent us on his mission to be witnesses wherever we go. Let's pray together. Oh God, thanks for this amazing mission. Lord, thank you that it's actually not that complicated. Lord, thank you that, that you are the absolute foundation. The way, the truth, the life, the light, the word, the beginning. And God, then you invite us into this, this partnership, this, this invitation to be part of the foundation. That there, there are people sent from God whose names are John and, and Craig and, and Sean and Amy and Sally and Peter. And that's us, Lord. And that you send us out to be a witness about the light. Lord, thank you that we that you have come into the world and we can point people to you and nothing can stop us. Lord, give us grace and strength and courage and wisdom and faith.
to be your witnesses. To build on that foundation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As God bless you. Have a fantastic week. Join us to pray this week as all of us join together, not just as individuals, but as a church community to pray for ourselves and for the church and for the world around us. God bless you.